0: awesome date january 26 2008 awesome topic ringing bells only oh, not ringing bell we're actually talking about a video game not the awesome land machine
1: this isn't vague at all
0: i know <laughs> but this is the awesome cast And welcome to the Awesome Cast. I'm Basil.
1: I'm Lee. I'm I'm Douglas.
2: I'm Kevin. And
0: that's us.
1: You know, I can't think of the opening to the to the uh, our topic tonight without it blending into Slayer's music for some reason. Right now, that's
3: only because I was singing Slayer's music for like five hours until we started recording.
0: Yes, because we were waiting. Five hours for me to set up the laptop and microphone. God,
3: we were waiting five hours for you to set up the laptop and the microphone. What the hell, Basil? Why did it take you so long?
1: Well, you're so skilled at doing it that it only made it seem like five minutes. I know.
3: It's okay. I passed the time by singing Slayer's songs.
1: It's true. I think
2: we got all of them, in fact.
3: No, no. You only got, like... Yeah, you got all of them. Yeah.
2: It's barely. They just barely fit into five hours. That's right.
1: Because yeah, there's so to... many
2: Slayer songs that fit five hours.
3: There really are. You guys didn't even hear me go into like all of the Zelos and Xolgadis uh, oh, songs. songs. We're,
0: going, we're going to character songs, too. Okay. Alright, now I believe you.
3: Like There aren't really as many gallery songs, but you know I could. I could whip those out, too. <laughs> you don't know.
0: The things Douglas can whip
3: out. Oh, man. The things I can whip out.
0: Before that, we're going to Without the contest, what? That's right, because we're having that contest that we're having. The what
1: extremely vague and uh, weird contest.
0: Yes, it's the "Please talk to us" contest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's the least depressing and least, you know, feel pity for us contest ever.
3: Oh, that's the contest where they get to grab my ass if they win.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Or we'll send them a picture of someone grabbing your ass if they win.
3: Uh, somehow I don't think that's as big a appeal as grabbing my ass.
0: Well then we'll have to think of something more awesome.
3: I've oh. heard
1: your ass is quite spectacular. It
3: is, it's really spectacular. Thank you.
1: You're welcome.
0: <laughs> but I'm sure the prize will be just as spectacular. I don't now know. You, <laughs> now you may ask yourself, Why awesome cast? What can I do to win such a fabulous and spectacular prize? Well, we'll tell you. There's many ways you can enter.
1: Whipping it out. Wait, no.
0: (laughs) No, well, they can whip out our URL, awesomecast.com, and leave us a post, a comment, if you will, in the comment section. Or possibly, they could also send us an email at awesomecast at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail on the awesome line. The area code is 206... Two zero two zero zero seven one. So it, anyhow, yeah, we're just gonna we're just gonna truck on forward onto the uh, world of awesome. Just now. Just
1: trucking on,
0: just like Varoom.
1: Driving a truck, driving a big old truck of awesome with my high heels on.
3: You know, oh, <laughs> uh, never mind. No, nothing. Go on. No, no, I was just gonna talk about driving in high heels and, 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 and that I remembered. My
0: penis. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, ICV-2 is announcing a graphic novel industry summit at the ICV-2 Graphic Novel Conference at the New York Comic Con. ICV-2 is, like, a website that announces, like, press releases and whatnot, and usually if there's major, like, comic book or manga news, it comes to the su- source.
1: Oh and Ah. <laughs>
0: And they're apparently mm. going to be doing to the Recent marketing conditions going to Convene this conference to Help work out the whole you know future of the Graphic novel industry
1: What was the economic blah blah, right. blah.
0: Remember graphic novels are doing really well Next thing we know you know Barnes and Nobles are shutting Not Barnes and Nobles Walden books are shutting down the world over Yeah Like our friend Charlie is now looking for a new job Because ours just got shut down
1: Oh that sucks mm-hmm. And I missed the Clarence though there's no mm-hmm. clearance.
0: And so they're probably gonna have this, you know, big thing during Comic Con. Usually they do, they use something where they do the state of the manga industry. But this sounds a little more serious, more like let's help, you know, keep the manga industry going. So we that should end up being some interesting news when it actually happens. Mm.
1: Excellent. Yes.
0: Well we, we broke actually a story about you know how they were um, planning on doing uh, Walden Books and um Bards and Doubles were cutting their manga shipments by sixty percent. That sucks. Uh, during the holiday season, so I figured it was a good yeah. follow-up. Because manga still, is, you know, it's it's doing okay, but it's not doing as well as everyone's hoping. Mm.
3: I know, I like my manga. I, I like my manga.
1: Me too, manga although I don't buy as much as the average person in my group.
0: You are at the, No, you do buy as much manga as the average person in your the group.
3: The problem is that ah. the average is kind of, in our group is kind of skewed because Suze goes and buys like... A new manga every day
2: Yeah, she's totally blowing the curve So,
3: like, (laughs) I I get I I follow, like, six books Then I pick a new one I pick it up every time a new one comes out I Mm. think that's more typical
2: Yeah. Yeah Yeah, I hardly ever actually get any actual manga But
3: You're a failure, Kevin You need to go get more manga
2: I do I just don't get out to the bookstore much
1: They're, like, my courtesy bathroom reading material
3: Yeah, yeah, mine too Mine too
0: and apparently Production IG finished a new seven-minute Kill Bill sequence. They're actually, well, I first thought maybe they're making more Kill Bill movies, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but apparently Tarantino's like, or I can just film some anime and throw it as an extra special feature. That's what he's doing. Oh. They're, uh, they're doing another <laughs> seven minutes of the uh, o stuff. Just okay. Because
1: just because are they going to put it on anything?
0: They're they're re-releasing the movie in a new special edition. <laughs> oh god! And that's to be one of the new special edition things they're doing for oh.
1: it.
2: Extra special edition Kill Bill now on one disc, twice as expensive with an extra seven minutes
1: of anime. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, Tarantino. I I've already got the movies and I don't need another. Hey, if
0: I can't get, get them on Blu-ray, I'm actually debating on it.
1: Well, yeah. I really liked Kill Bill. 1 until and 2 until, until the day I win the lottery and get a PS3, that's moot to me.
3: I liked Kill Bill, mm-hmm. I did, but I thought it was too bloody. And I know that's kind of weird, saying that, oh, I thought too Kill Kill Bill was too bloody, since that was kind of the point of Kill Bill. No, but it was bloody. You know, I just, you know, there's a lot of good things to say about Kill Bill, a lot of good things to say, but, you know, whenever we say them, I just sort of feel that we need to put it out there that, you know, it's stupid bloody and... ...for some of us who don't like things to be stupid bloody.
1: yeah, that is definitely a hindrance to those who don't like stupid bloody... ...much like Helsing Ultimate can be a hindrance yeah. to those who don't... Yeah. ...whereas
0: some of us who don't mind and kind of like the occasional stupid bloody...
1: ...enjoy the shit out of it. ...it, it, was, it was
0: awesome. Yeah, yeah.
3: So, well, yeah. You're, you're free to enjoy that.
1: But, you know.
3: It was, it was quality despite the bloody.
0: Now, out of nowhere... ...Square has decided to remake yet another Final Fantasy sort of, on the DS. Final Fantasy Legend 2 from the Game Boy. Oh, aka, I remember that game. You know.
3: I had that game back when it first came out.
0: Me too. The second Saga game, as it actually is. It
3: was terrible. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs>
1: now, now, I've got to state that I love to death Final Fantasy uh, Legend 3. Yes. 3 is when they perfected it, got all their shit together, and had awesome pre-Chrono Trigger time-traveling-esque even though there are only three periods to travel to adventures.
2: Yeah, that was actually pretty cool. I had, and, and, I had and that. And you had like
1: the Talon it's your awesome little ship and they had this awesome music and you went rah rah. Yeah. Isn't 2 the one with all the different worlds and you're climbing this crystal tower thing? Yes. That yeah. one was okay but 3 to me was the penultimate or ultimate not penultimate what the fuck am I saying? It was the awesome awesome shit.
2: 2 would be the penultimate yes, it came before
1: 3. Yes, yes. <laughs>
0: But two is, I know a lot of people really like two. And it had some interesting ideas, like, when, you know, th- I think it was Thor that would resurrect you until you killed Thor, and then you couldn't resurrect anymore.
1: I thought it was Odin. Wow. Oh, it was, that's right, it was Odin. But, you know, you say tomato, I say shit. That's right. Yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah, it was Odin, that's and, like, as you, if you were to lo- lose, you know, the game, instead of the game over, Odin would resurrect you for a small penalty. But after you killed Odin in the game... Yeah, you no longer got that option. Didn't you eventually
1: Oops. climb to the place where you're normally resurrected and then kill Odin there? Yeah, no something climb. like that. I think it's been a while since I played it. But
0: you had like options of like humans and mutants and robots and like chimerical beasts. The game had a stupid amount of options and probably was you know way more than most of us who were weaned off on the beginning. You know,
1: a lot of people didn't yeah. exploit the options just because. It's hard to figure out what the crap is more is stronger and you usually Especially so. when yeah. it was
0: on the Game Boy. Yeah. 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 So in that case, it might actually be really good that it's on the D S because they're giving it the full, you know the full
3: work. The full
0: three D workover. Where they got the original producers and they're getting all new character designs by um Gen Kabayashi and who worked on The Other World Ends with You. Awesome. So, um, that's pretty,
1: pretty good. Be cool, So, um, are they going to release it under here, under the Legends name, or the Saga name?
0: I would assume it would be Saga, since because they've been doing Saga everything. stuff since yeah. uh, PlayStation era and all.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Oh, Saga Frontier. Only I loved you.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna try it one day.
0: Hey, but it lives on. It sort of lasts for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the same guys on the, on the 360.
2: Oh, I just like Saga Frontier, because the only video game I ever played was Canon Yuri. <gasps>
1: It's, I must play true. this. i got to fucking play this. It's
0: got canon lesbians. Yes. I could not stand to play the game with the hill of beans. Thankfully, Kevin bought it off for me for pretty cheap. What game? Yes.
1: Saga Frontier for the PlayStation.
3: PlayStation 1. Yes.
2: Oh. I'm not even
1: sure where it is, but I have it.
3: <laughs> I, I remember I had a, this friend in middle school. It's like the other guy that played bassoon. He loved Saga Frontier. Like, he would sit there and he would write on his desk, come to Saga Frontier.
2: Oh, it it's like... like the you know
3: if you like it you either like yeah. it. If you don't, you don't. It's a horribly
2: broken, messed up game that takes forever to learn the mechanics of. But mm-hmm. it's interesting. <laughs>
1: Can I borrow it, Kevin? If I, want... I
2: ever find it again.
1: <laughs> I wonder if it's like stupid expensive off half on the internet. Mm-hmm. Now probably I have reading. not looked.
0: Well yeah. You know, IGN posted a story which I got the wire about winter, the game that never was. It was made by the um In Space who did the game Geist for the GameCube, which was an 1st in- person shooter where you actually had to take control of things in order to mm-hmm. get through levels, like a dog or a gun turret or, or humans or whatnot. Because you were a ghost. Right. So let's just, let's That's pretty awesome. There. And apparently it was going to be about a game where you had to like, survive this horrible snowstorm. Mm-hmm. And apparently, you know, IG posted a screenshot. It looked like really good for a Wii game. Mm-hmm. And apparently it got a lot of really good like, initial buzz through Nintendo itself when the, the Wii was first getting off the ground, but now that they have gotten really, really good with the casual market and whatnot, mm-hmm. they were like, uh, we well, don't know about this anymore. Ow. And apparently it look, looks like it may never, like, actually ever get made. And it's still, I think they're still working on it, Thing you might say, but they're not sure if it'll actually get picked up by anybody, mm-hmm. or Nintendo or anyone, so it's mm. it's a crying shame, because the Wii can also use more actual video games. Exactly, Nintendo!
2: You're doing good on the DS, but more Wii games that aren't party games. Come on, guys.
3: I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of content to keep having all the games that I be, I'm interested in come out on the 360. Yeah.
2: But space like, is sort of owned by Nintendo, so it's... Uh, ah, yeah. true. But I already bought the damn Wii. Give me some more games I can play on it.
0: <laughs> and I'm sort of the same boat. I would like to see more interesting games on the Wii that uses its unique controls. Yeah. But not just a bunch of mini games. Yeah. I like to make use of both my 360 and my Wii and my mm-hmm. PS3. While we're at it,
3: no, you don't get that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's still the best Blu-ray player <laughs> and the best PS2 player. At least mine is. <laughs> Speaking of PlayStation, supposedly this is total rumor. We might actually be getting the original Persona remade onto PSP.
1: Yay! Um, that's another point. That's another point in the favor of me buying a PSP.
0: It was apparently leaked by um, Hong Kong's magazine, GameWave. They apparently leaked other things by accident, like the existence of Discia 2 Portable and the um, Mobile Suit Gundam Bonds of the Battlefield for PSP were actually both leaked through this magazine before it was actually
1: So it could uh, be announced.
0: legit.
2: So it in fact, very much could be legit. Which is good, because Persona's like 90 bucks plus on the internet for PS1.
0: It claims the remake um, will retail... Um, in Japan, on April thirtieth, for uh, five thousand forty yen. That's kind of cheap. we Will feature all new characters and scenarios. Hmm. So we'll we'll see what happens. I'm kind of hoping because Persona is really really hard to play because it looks incredibly
2: dated. Yes. If you like wizardry, this is a good game for you.
1: Are they? Uh, I hope they're redoing some of the mechanics with it too.
2: Mechanics aren't like well, okay. The mechanics, eh. I would
0: love for them to like give it like maybe the Persona Two treatment, where it wasn't in first person.
2: Well, the battles just weren't me. first person. Well,
0: I, I hate yeah. it. or or if it's going to be still in first person with the same block move, block move, block move thing, mm-hmm. at least give it some life and personality to the level, so they don't look like the exact same room over
1: and over again. <laughs> That, that reminds, would be really nice. That reminds oh. me of playing Fantasy Star 1 and getting lost all over the place. Yeah. That
3: actually reminds me of playing Persona 4.
0: <laughs> yeah, Persona 4 you at least got an awesome mini-map to and
2: real Well, map. true.
3: The, the mini-map is, yeah, is the like a Yeah, the best god-set. thing
2: Atlas could do is give me a one-button mini-map or put it right up in the corner like a better mini-map. Like, I,
0: many times Persona 3 and 4 I would actually navigate using the mini-map as my actual map instead of the game.
3: Yeah, that's that's actually what I do. Yeah. Because, you, you know, you don't need to see the same walls over and over again. You get the idea the first 800 times you see them. And, you know.
0: Though so at least you know in Persona 4 they, they vary up a lot more than in 3.
3: Well, I am going to say something about Persona 4 that I know you guys are all going to, like, flail at. And that is that I think Persona 4 is going to end up looking very dated. Like, you, you mentioned that Persona looks dated. I think Persona 2 is going to look dated if it isn't already I think 3 is eventually going to look dated. I think 4 is going to look dated. Uh, the whole series tries very hard to try to capture this this style uh, that is not a very... that's kind of a trendy, poppy style, and I think in 10 years we're going to look back at the style of art that they use and go, that looks like something that was made in the aughts.
1: Well, they really don't seem to care, especially on the basis that they're releasing on the PlayStation 2 instead of the latest generation. Well, that's true, too. And
0: actually, I don't think Persona 2 looks very dated, as dated at all.
3: Well, I, I've never seen Persona 2, and so I can't I like say that. I like
0: one still, but like I and said... Like, I, don't, I don't know, I think I think by its keeping its, its unique look to it that might date it to the O's will actually keep it from looking really dated. Really? It might actually just capture its essence in time.
3: Well, let's hope that happens, because I, I, I just have a strong feeling that, you know, we're going to be sitting here in um, 2018 going, man, that definitely looks like something that came out of the last decade. Eh? Well, I, think that that?
0: Will, I mean, I think it's going to survive better than, say, Final Fantasy
3: VII. Yeah. Well, seven, wasn't really stylized so much as, because uh, it, it wasn't. Uh, it was just to be de- generic anime style. But it was just the graphics weren't
1: I believe that's where what, we thought it was. I believe that's why what they're saying why they're saying Persona One was dated due to the graphical
0: uh, and how Persona three might force so might survive it.
3: Oh.
0: Uh, because they're they're going for a specific style. I don't know.
3: we were playing something in here the other day. I don't remember what it was, but it was something that was made like in the early nineties and and it showed. Okay, you're about to diss Guardian it Heroes. Showed. And we're stopping
0: right now. We're stopping right now. I will have no dissing of Guardian Heroes I'm not in dissing my podcast.
3: It. I'm not dissing it. I'm just saying it looked like something from the early 90s.
0: And you know what? So does Slayers. Moving on. What?
3: No! You take that back. Slayers is timeless. Slayers is a classic and is perfect.
0: <laughs> Moving on, hey, like, speaking good. of thing, speaking of the PSP and things that are already looking dated,
1: <laughs> I need more we're getting
0: an official game based off the movie, Dragon Ball. And yeah. by game, I mean live action movie, Dragon Ball, on the PSP. It's the only version of the Dragon Ball video game that they're making. It's on PSP, and it's the realistic one, Uh, and it looks god-awful. Is
1: it like Street Fighter the movie, the game, awful?
0: We'll we'll put up screens, you know, and links to the where you can see more screens of it on the website, but we're looking at some pictures right now, and uh, it looks... uh, Is that Raven? No. Oh. That's... Then why do I care? That's I think that's Young Fat.
2: Who <laughs> could be a good raven?
0: But that's a whole other issue. You know. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes. And it's yeah, it looks like a crappy Toe Ball before. Yeah, you know, we're not talking Toe Ball two or anything. We're talking, toe Ball one. We're on Toe Ball one like level here, and it's.
3: What's the next topic?
0: That was pretty much it. But you know, speaking of Namco, Namco Bandai.
3: Yes. Yes. Oh God. Yes. <laughs>
1: Man, Raven's
3: good. Oh, God, is he good.
0: Our actual topic of tonight's conversation is a game by Namco Bandai.
3: Oh, yes! <laughs>
2: Do we need to pause again? <laughs> yeah,
3: we need to pause. <laughs>
2: Oh. Oh. Okay, kids, we can turn this podcast right around.
3: Uh, Yeah, I'm good good? now. I'm good now. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, go on, go on. Fine, I'm fine.
1: Tales of (laughs) Asperia. Okay, serious this time. Serious.
0: Tales of Asperia.
3: I love Tales of Vesperia. I like really. I love it.
2: Alright. And that's your podcast. <laughs> Good night everyone. <laughs>
0: Some, I get probably ring a bell. Yeah. I I'm not sure which version we'll find the English or Japanese. But we'll find you'll some. You'll find
3: time. the English version better than you'll find the Japanese version.
0: And they're both sung by the same person. They,
3: they both sound the same. I mean,
0: yes, yep. we, we covered this last podcast when
1: I like Barry couldn't figure it
2: out. Oh, yes, yes. I they're like both, both Bonnie Pink. Them. They're both, you know, the same person.
1: Yeah, it's not like when they do the crappy, crappy, get some English singer to try to sing the same songs like they used to do with... Uh, what company was it that did that all the time? Where they dubbed anime and got some, got some obnoxious sounding English poor...
3: Are you talking about the people who did the Lunar Translations?
1: Because design, actually, the Lunar ones were yeah, good. The
3: Lunar ones were pretty good. Yeah. Like, a lot of times they ha- they did have to change, like, the, the song, like, radically and completely.
1: Mm-hmm. But, but they sounded.
3: The, yeah, they really tried to keep the same spirit of the song.
1: I was thinking more, like, the ones where they, like, uh, on the DVDs of, like, Ronnie Kinchin and stuff, where they've tried to change the
3: Oh, yeah.
1: It's like. Of
0: course. Then they'd get things like Wild Arms, where. They took out the Japanese vocals and instead putting whistling, it actually sounded way better.
1: Yes, and Wild Arms Two actually, they took out the vocals, and you could hear the badass guitar riffs, and it sounded really, it sounded really awesome. So. Wild well,
2: Arms Three, they sung English, but there was a way to make it randomly do it the songs in the Japanese version that I never really figured out.
3: <laughs> well, I'm, I remember the Magic Knights Ray Earth Anime. Uh, they had <laughs> a song. That was done in English. And it was, it was lol-tastic. Yeah.
2: Tomorrow
1: soon, we'll be here. Yes. That's
2: why I watch it in Japanese, folks. <laughs> I
1: liked it.
2: Oh, stop. But that's what we're talking about tonight.
3: No, we're talking about Vesperia, which is the greatest game that you're not playing. I don't know why you're not playing it, but if talking to people on the internet has taught me anything, it's that you're not playing it and you really should be.
1: See, see, Susie's obsessed with this game like I was with Persona 3. It's like that kind of a good game, where you could really get into it and sink your teeth into it, and has the most awesome characters ever, but it's a Tales game, so what do you expect?
2: This is the game that made the Xbox 360 sell in Japan.
3: It made the Xbox 360 <laughs> sell out in Japan. Yes. Uh, most people in Japan sit there and debate whether or not this is the best Tales game in comparison to the old school games like they're not even comparing it to Symphonia anymore they're comparing it to like Fantasia you Dale. know Destiny. the one in Destiny you know the ones that they're never going to beat because those those two now have the power
1: of Nostalgia Glasses yes. man I liked uh, Eternia well, aka Destiny 2 well this is you know
0: the 10th game in the Tales series yeah which is kind of amazing since this series started on the Super Nintendo yeah mm-hmm. and then immediately went on to Playstation 1 and there's already 10 of them
3: well, they're typically good games, uh, except for Crap India. But we're not going to talk about Crap India. Well, well, I guess we should talk about Crap India so that you guys know which game not to touch. I
1: think it's called Legendia. Legendia. Yeah. Legendia or they Legendia actually made or a Legendia. game called
3: Tales of Legends. Well, Legendia. <laughs> Tales of Legendia, but it's it's terrible. I hated that game so badly. Like I just played Symphonia, so I was all up on like this new. Tales game, and then I played Tales of Legendia, and it was awful. And then Abyss came out, and Abyss isn't so bad. Like, Abyss I can't actually like. I wish I'd played more of it. Uh, and then Vesperia came out, and this is, like, God's gift to video games. Well, God's <laughs> gift to JRPGs. I
0: would say more God's gift to Tales games. I think this is just the the best iteration of the Tales formula they've done yet.
1: And I love me some cracked out or non-cracked out JRPGs in general. And this is way, 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 way up there, if not at the top of the scale of the greatness of of those JRPGs. And it's just a... It's got everything. It's all around kick-ass.
0: Now, Tales does a couple of things... Different than what we're used to in most JRPGs. Yes, we need to get that cleared out yes. first. Like, first off, it unlike a lot of a lot of our early, you know, JRPGs or like things like Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest. Mm-hmm. You know, Final Fantasy's original art style was very much you know amano, mm-hmm. so it was very wispy and, and whatnot. Not not what you would consider general, you know, what anime to be. You know, Dragon Quest is very much you know a Kiriyama, you know, Kiriyama. Yeah, which is Dragon Ball, but that's his. But his style is not you know, what you Mm -hmm. normally consider anime style. You consider Dragon Ball, Mm -hmm. and it's and it's so well tied to you know Dragon Warrior that it's its own you know unique look that's separate from everything else. Mm -hmm. You know, Tales was one of the first series to really you know at least that we ever got exposed to that really had that actual you know anime anime vibe to it because they
2: got one of the. Major, you know, character designers. Kosuke Fujishima, you may know him from "Oh My Goddess" or "You're Under Arrest."
1: <laughs> Although I would argue that Fantasy Star beat them to the punch. Fantasy Star had some really anime esque, eighties like anime. If anyone actually ever played
0: them, it would have, <laughs> you know.
1: Oh, that hurts! I um, own Fantasy Star
2: four are four different ways.
1: Yeah, I <laughs> have... Fantasy Star four way.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: But that's yes, how... so you have a great point. I just wanted to point out for those who may have played Fantasy Star that. Okay, never mind. Go on.
0: Indeed. But yeah, but that's the, that's that's just you know one of the things. The other big thing was you know its fighting system is completely different.
3: Yeah, the fighting system is radically different. It does if you've never played a Tales game before. It or does or a Star takes...
2: Ocean
1: game.
3: Yes.
2: Play Star Ocean; it's very similar to that.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, but if you've never played those two, if you're just used to the turn-based RPs, or even if you're used to like the Kingdom Hearts style of real to- of real time mm-hmm. RP, uh, it's a little bit different. It takes a little bit of getting used to. Uh, now, I, as I've said, I've played all the Tales games that have been in the 3D setting, and I, I personally think that Vesperia is probably the best action system that they've put forth yet.
0: Yeah. Now way it works is, at least in the original ones, uh-huh. you instead of having turn based battles, it was all real time, but it was set on a flat, you know, two D plane. So it was almost like almost like playing let's say like a fighting game. Only you were um you actually, you could actually swing when you swung your sword, you swung your sword. You you would cast you you would have a charger and cast your match attacks all in real time. You actually had sort of an action component as, as well as the you know, strategy component strategy elements to it. It, And usually your compatriots were AI-controlled, and you could issue them commands, overall it was, you control one character and the other ones backed you up.
3: Well, if you're playing it right, you're telling them all what to do all the time anyway, so...
2: (laughs) (laughs) Or you've got it set up where you don't need to.
0: (laughs) Well. And, you know, the only two rule of game systems that really did it was Star Ocean and Mm -hmm. you know, Tails, which is interesting because they were both
3: Make originally,
0: you know, Wolf Team, which was yeah, yeah,
3: made by the same little same. team group.
1: Has it since split off? Yes,
0: they yeah. split off actually because of uh, Tales of Fantasia. Um, they ran out of money, and Namco was willing to produce it, but they are going. They want a lot of changes to the game formula, mm. and the ones who didn't agree with it went off to form Star Ocean with Enix, oh. and formed Triace, and the other teams stayed on and formed the, the tale, Tales team.
1: So you know now, Square Enix owns Star Ocean and Bandai Namco. I mean, Bandai Namco owns uh Tales. Tales. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah.
0: And then when they moved on to Symphonia on the GameCube, they introduced a 3D element to it, mm-hmm. where you could actually—it wasn't just you know the flat 2D plane anymore. You could actually move around more so.
3: But in Symphonia, the the 3D plane was was real primitive, uh, and it played. You, you could play the entire game as though it was a 2D game, like it was so primitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, in in Legendia, the fighting system had a major upgrade. But it was almost like a step. It was an upgrade that was almost like a step back because they actually went out in Legendia and they got and they got like an actual fighting game team. Yeah, to the Soul help them. team. Yeah, they got the Soul Calor team to help them design their fighting stage. Mm-hmm. And that helped and hurt in a lot of ways because. It played like a fighting game it almost played a little bit too much like a fighting game for an RPG where you're trying to do multiple characters with strategies and having actions yeah. built in uh, in in abyss they came out with this the same fighting it's the same fighting style that they use in abyss that they use in Vesperia uh, The difference is that just like all the little quirks that were present in abyss kind of got smoothed through for Vesperia this is sort of more like version 2.0.
2: My only real complaint with a Vesperia control system is I found jumping almost
1: useless. Yeah, that that is true. Uh,
3: That's been a problem in all of the 3D tales. i
1: eventually actually got worse. Screw it, I'm just going to go sneak up behind him and beat the shit.
2: I remember in Tales of Destiny some awesome running, flying, jumpy, stabby action, and I kind of missed that.
1: (laughs)
0: Yeah, I kept trying to do that in in Vesperia, but I just learned that holding
2: up an attack did better. And you know
1: you can always jump by using moves that repel you in the air.
2: True. Mostly Judith. But <laughs> Well
3: no, Raven's uh, a lot of Raven's strategy is knowing exactly where your enemy is and knowing exactly how the attack that you're about to do hits and positioning yourself yeah, in to such where a way.
1: It'll put you in the air where you want.
3: Yeah, like like you do something that'll throw Raven up into the air, you do something else that'll cause him to shoot down and
2: mm. Oh yeah, like by chaining the specific attacks together to
1: Yeah. So whether or not it's the 3d or not that fighting system has strung the tails game along and it you know now that we're into the newer generations it's gone all 3d and, and yeah. uh,
3: it's a much better fighting system if you really hate the if you really hate the turn base of traditional RPGs man I love me know, some which menu are basically bashing, just but, yeah. Uh, yeah which are basically just you know menu surfing
2: Um, I love me some menu surfing, but tails is really fun too. I actually have a
1: hard on for both styles for different reasons. But when you when you when you get tired of that old oh attack oh attack, you can really sink your teeth into running around and beating the hell out of things.
3: I kind of like this system better, and I did grow up, you know, eating the Final Fantasies, you know, that kind of you know surf through the menu to find your attack then cast. Mm -hmm. And you know, now that I'm playing these, I really like this system better. I have to
2: admit the random battles hold my attention better with the uh, well I actually have to do something and try to get over there and hit them instead of just going yeah attack 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 okay next fight yeah I started eventually
0: even then say screwing it put it on auto and and left it alone
1: (gasps) well for Uh, your average random you you mean you don't even fight the battles you just let your guys run around and kill things Yeah.
3: what kind of grade did you guys get at the end of the game
2: I didn't care I totally um, grade farmed, uh, but I was doing okay. But I totally grade farmed t- towards the end with Redon <laughs> oh, yeah. Tidal Wave. And, <laughs> and, and I,
1: have, I haven't gotten to the end yet, but I think my grade's pretty good. I mean, I'm getting ups all the time and doing pretty well.
3: Yeah, oh, the grade system. I do want to mention that for people who've never played a Tales game before. But at the end of each battle, you're judged on how well you did by a lot of different variables. And you get grade. And in other in other Tales games, you can use that to buy just stuff later on.
1: It's like a currency almost.
3: Yeah, uh, The in, currency
1: of awesome.
3: Exactly. In uh, in Vesperia, what the grade is used for is when you start a new game plus, you have to buy what you want to keep from your pre- from this game with the grade. Like if you want to keep all of your skills and abilities, you have gotta pay something like I think
2: 100 it's a hundred grade.
3: Yeah, something like a thousand. But a thousand grade. To keep
2: all your skills. A thousand to keep all your
1: techniques, or you can pay less for individual characters. Yeah. For example, how, do you remember what your grade was like the first time you beat the game?
3: Uh, it was something like three thousand the first time I beat the game, and I didn't do any grade farming. I just did everything.
1: So, is three thousand a lot then?
3: Three thousand. Three thousand did not buy me everything that I wanted. I probably should have. 6,000's s-
1: pretty decent for that.
3: Yeah, six thousand is probably like can buy mm-hmm. you everything. I'm mm-hmm. just wondering
1: what the average person on an average uh, playthrough. I would estimate
3: get. the average person would probably get about two
1: thousand
3: five hundred. Mm. You know, is what I would just.
1: Think. Yeah,
2: I mean, there are some wacky stuff like experience that drops your experience to like. One point, and all your you get the rest of your experience through the bonus experience. Yeah, Um something that gives you ten times normal experience. It's all totally really broken. What a
1: challenge or whatever you want to. But move this,
2: through. we're talking about now—the very, very, very end of
0: the game. Yeah, mm-hmm. we should go into the. Meat well, of let, the meat let's meat. go back to the beginning of the game. Okay. Oh, yeah. What is Tales of Vesperia yeah, In the beginning, there in- is this world called Terra. Ter-
3: it's called Terra Lumeris.
1: And yes. it is, and it is in many ways a standard JRPG world. What sets it apart are the characters and situations they're in a lot.
2: I would say the world's a little different than the average. Oh yeah, I mean, you got all the cities that all the people live in that have the magic force fields to keep all the monsters out that will like totally kill everybody if they have yeah. a
1: chance. Well, while while that is unique in a way, it's not exactly fresh and new in some instances. I would say the Blastia is.
3: Yeah. It's it the difference is gonna be the interpretation of the Blastia. For example, they don't you don't have any ma- you have mages in the world, but the mages don't just like cast spells. The mages work with Blastia, which is basically the the term blastia in Vesperia is basically interchangeable with technology. Uh, it's just it's a very specific incarnation of technology.
0: It's technology powered by magic.
3: Yeah. Yeah. By- uh, or air.
0: It's a E R, <laughs> air, which is their term for magic.
1: magic. <laughs> There's air in the air.
0: Like you don't, you don't just cast magic spells in this world. You actually have to have a blastia as well as,
2: you know, programs to run through the blastia. Yeah, yeah. kind of yeah. reminds me of formulas. Rather, it's very
1: magical and yet very high tech. Yeah, looking kind of
2: reminds them. me of the approach they took in the anime Nanoha. But I think I'm the one who's seen that.
1: Yeah, I'm going to see it soon. She just like, has the whole thing downloaded.
3: But cool. It's, Watch this It's it. the it's kind awesome. of thing of, you know, they basically imply that the main character could theoretically do magic if he could ever bother to remember any of the, any of the formulas for his Blastia. He just can't. He it's just
1: prefers kind of to use
0: his running system. gag. Well, the f- there's also different kinds of Blastia that people yes. use. And the Blastia is usually, you know, one kind of Blastia is not going to do the things that other Blastia can do. Right. And even Blastia, the same type, might be tar- tailor-made for certain situations that other
2: ones would not Probably the me. main character Blastia is more around letting him perform like superhuman feats of strength and agility and stuff. Yeah, it mm-hmm. is. It really is.
3: But, anyhow, let's start with the main character. Because the main thing about this game really is the characters. The characters. The characters are just so in... There's just so much to the characters. By the time you're done with the game, you should feel like you know these characters really, really, really well.
2: You're wondering why you don't have the on Speed dial on your cell phone.
3: Yes. In fact I was.
2: <laughs> won't Yuri Pick
3: up? Raven never returns my calls anymore. <laughs> Do you remember
2: his phone number? I can't find
1: it.
3: Uh,
1: let's start with uh Let's
3: start with Yuri.
1: Yuri Lowell.
3: Yuri Lowell is the main character of the game, and I have to say that I thought that he was a real nice refresher. From what you generally expect as a main character hero. Because he he does kind of have this, you know, oh, I'm the silent loner, I'm the silent lone wolf badass character that, you know, I just can't tolerate authority and he's a rebel. But at the same time, he manages to do this while still being talkative and friendly.
1: He's a personable guy, despite his angst against the against the man and the machine.
2: And he's also not the typical dumb-as-a-box-of-rock swordsman that is your usual Tales game hero.
3: Yes. So he manages to not be Lloyd, while not being Cloud. Yeah. Which is an amazing feat.
0: Yes. It's a thing, because he's kind of sarcastic.
3: Yeah, he is very sarcastic. Uh,
1: but he's still very much a hero even though he's got these anti-hero qualities about him.
3: Yeah, yes. well, I think that's a large large part of the game is is Yuri's anti-hero qualities. Mm-hmm. Because despite... Okay, on the cover, there's this blonde guy. And he's actually in front of Yuri on the cover.
1: Man, the cover is so deceptive. I, I know. Like... Like,
3: the blonde guy is Flynn. And Flynn is Yuri's best friend. And the cover would have you believe that you get to play Flynn. And you do a little bit.
2: For like one fight. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> it's like, but but really Flynn is still really important to the plot. He's
1: really, really important. He's he's pretty much Yuri's foil because he's the stand what you usually think of as the standard hero you, of an RPG. Well,
3: you could also say that Yuri is Flynn's foil.
1: Well, yeah, but, but since Yuri's the main character, you're usually looking for someone to... Well, yeah, go ahead.
3: The thing is, is that the, both of them are very important as they sort of represent this whole sort of
2: uh, doing things totally by the book and doing things from outside the rules, kind yeah. of. Well, attitude. it's more like
3: how they complement each other. Like, I really think that the point that these two characters are trying to make is that you have to have somebody who stay who stays in the rules and who is good, like Flynn is, and you have to have somebody who's willing to go into the shadows and be a little bit darker.
0: You're looking more like Flynn's Batman. Floyd is Commissioner Gordon.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That that's what you're really looking at here Floyd? Floyd?
3: Yeah he, he said he said uh, something. Flynn
0: Flynn, Wait, well, who? Said
1: Flynn and Floyd. You Yuri at? is
0: Batman uh, Yuri Flynn. is Batman okay alright pause alright we're right, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna redo this you know alright Yuri is Batman
2: and Flynn is Commissioner Gordon
3: yeah uh, I, I think that's a pretty good actually pretty
0: really good
2: parallel it actually really reminded me of the dynamic of the two main characters from the manga and sanctuary, where mm-hmm. one is going to fix the system by becoming a politician, and the other one's going to fix the system by becoming a Yakuza?
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, and the thing is, is they you really can't have him on your team because they wouldn't get along, and they, well, they get along, but they're,
2: Their they're very
1: strange, not getting along, yeah. having different ideals away. Their
2: methodologies are totally so, different. So,
1: so, you know, one of them needs to be doing one thing, the other needs to be doing another thing, and then they, like, meet and clash, and you have the foil.
2: Well... You keep
3: talking about their meeting and clashing, Lee, and, and where was that? Because Flynn and The very and Yuri, first time they meet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like,
0: the first time... Minor spoiler warning, the first time you meet him, it's a fight scene.
1: And I don't mean clashing necessarily as a fight.
0: It is.
3: Yeah, but they go at each other in a very friendly, joking manner.
1: You have to,
2: for serious. their throats, but yes you have to That's un- pretty humorous I mean, I don't think they, they were really going all out Okay, now guys, they-
3: we're going to have to stop And we're going to have to play the game Because you're both wrong
1: Um, that's kind of smacking of elitist there, Susie but- I know <laughs>
0: And I'm right So,
1: <laughs> uh, okay, 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 let me clarify I don't mean clashing as in literally crossing swords Even though it does happen I mean, they have their differences Technically,
2: okay. I was I had an axe yeah, but they they do have a lot of ideological arguments throughout the game.
3: Their brothers is, is the reoccurring thing over and over. Even though they want to go different routes, at the very basic, they both always support each other. Mm-hmm. At the very end of the game, that is a huge, major issue. Mm-hmm. That, you know, there are things that Flynn, who's a good stand-up knight, cannot shoulder, and there are burdens that Yuri, who's the dark vigilante hero cannot shoulder, yeah. but the two of them together can take all of this.
2: Yes. I certainly enjoyed that Yuri in the game made more than at least a few morally questionable decisions over the course of the game, and it did not immediately hand-wave it away as, oh, that's fine, he's the main character. They actually would bring that up later, and is that really the right thing to do?
1: <laughs> well, and there were some instances I, I felt where... they actually didn't
2: do it enough.
1: Yeah. Mm. Like,
3: I, I too felt that there were some things that Yuri did that they should have wagged their finger at him a little more. But hell, there were some things that Raven did that they should have wagged <laughs> yeah. their finger at him a little more.
0: Yeah. Now, the general Yuri's plight mm-hmm. is that, we mentioned earlier, there's these cities, and they're protected by these what is known as Barrier Blastia.
1: Which are huge versions of the other Blastia that keep the monsters out.
0: By generating gigantic force fields. And it just so happens that there's another Blastia, we'll call it the Aqua because it oh, handles the. That's what it's called. called. Waterway <laughs> <laughs> systems. Leave me alone. Of,
2: the host, it, Laser It, it, we'll it call controls
0: it. the water systems of the, of the capital city, its the lower quarter where Yuri lives. And someone goes off and steals it, and Yuri's like, oh hell no, I won't get my Blastia back.
3: Yuri's very much a hometown boy. As I think he that's even a title that you can get for him. Yep. Uh, but he very much loves the place where he grew up, which is the lower quarter of the capital city of the Empire.
1: Zophius, I believe it's called.
3: It is. And, uh, you know, Zophius kind of has this tier, this tier social system. It's like there's the lower quarter where Yuri's from. And then
2: Polo there's... People. All the poor kids in town. Yeah. yeah.
3: And then there's the middle quarter, which you don't really see much of.
1: Because it's not such a stark contrast to the lower It <laughs> just doesn't matter to the plot. It doesn't matter to the plot. And then there's the sleaze bucket. Well, they're not all sleaze bucket. Most of them are portrayed that way. Upper class, who, uh, who like to sneer and look down on the...
3: Yeah, they're so, they're so rich that it doesn't occur to them that they have to be nice people anymore. For the most part. You do meet some Except nice you. ones. That's like... True. Estelle.
1: Estelle.
3: Estelle. I
1: have to say, I love Estelle. I think she's awesome.
3: She's the
2: best character of her kind.
3: Estelle occupies the role that, uh, well, for one, she's the heal battery. Like, she's your best healer in the game. Uh, You get her the second character, she's the second playable character that you can get. Uh, You rescue her from, like, Yuri gets thrown into jail for various reasons. (laughs) That's actually while Yuri's in jail is the first time you actually meet Raven. But he sort of just kind of acts like a shady old man and walks off.
1: You don't really get a good look at him too until he drops an item and that's only for an instant, so
3: uh, but anyhow, and as
1: he
2: is a shady old man, but yeah. (laughs)
3: But as as Yuri's escaping thanks to Raven's help, uh you know, he meets up with Estelle and Estelle's running from guards too. Uh, and, you know, they meet and they turn out that they're both friends of Flynn and they, they're going yes. to go see Flynn. In
0: fact, she's like, she's looking for Flynn and he's like, you know Flynn too? Yeah, do you know Flynn? Huh. Biblically. Let's go.
1: <laughs> and then it, well, the, biblically is not canon. No, well, sure.
0: well, it turns out that
2: looking for Flynn and searching for the Aquablastia is the same general... They keep intersecting with each other, yes. <laughs> same general yeah. path.
1: And Flynn has indeed told Estelle some things about Yuri so that she knows to watch out. <laughs>
3: yeah. But
0: the general plot until you get further onto the game is Yuri trying to find the this where the Oclabastia went. Just and Estelle for trying, trying to find out <laughs> where Flynn
1: went. <laughs> and it's a driving point that allows you to have character building, situation building, and nice plot move along for the first part of the game.
3: But Estelle is essentially this version, this game's incarnation of the Colette. You know, that is, that she's the super sweet, nice girl. But she's possibly the best incarnation of this that I think I've ever seen. Yes. She's real easy to tolerate, she's real easy to actually warm up to, and you start to really like her pretty quickly.
1: And I think her character is hilarious. I think
0: one of the best things about Vesperia is they tend to take annoying stereotypes and And make make them them likable.
3: Yeah, sort of like how I was saying that Yuri is the, you know, the
1: like if you L- The one- gruff
3: lone wolf only only he's friendly. It's Estelle like, is the
1: Yeah, I was going to say it's like, you know, comparing Squall to Yuri mm-hmm. is like comparing all those I mean there are numerous to me numerous staff chicks if you want to call them the yeah. the healer stereotypes which are the annoyingly pure as innocence snow and all that.
3: Yeah, it's, it's kind of like you look at, you go, okay, what's the annoying character stereotype? And then you look at the Vesperia incarnation of it and you go, oh, well, that's what everybody else has been trying to do all yeah, this time. Yeah, here's how
1: they do it right.
2: She actually is sweet and kind and you like it you and won't. you believe it. <laughs> you know,
3: she, she is naive and she has these little moments where she just, like, doesn't understand how the world works and it's actually... Cute, rather yeah. than being obnoxious. But she also does
2: occasionally pull out weird, weird, random information nobody else knows. She's book smart because she's done nothing but read all. And over the And also, unlike life. many of them, when you explain it to her, she understands.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, she's yeah. obviously actually not stupid. She's just book learned, and that's it.
3: Yeah, like uh, one of the one of the scenes as soon as uh, as soon as Yuri and Estelle get out of the castle, is Estelle shows uh, Yuri how to shake hands, and Yuri shows Estelle how to high five. And forever for the entire rest of the game she's trying to get the other characters to give her a high five. It's it's adorable and precious.
1: And most of it occurs during at the end of battle scenes, which which I wanna mention is this game one of the beautiful things about it are the details. Yes. It packs in so many wonderful details, especially with the characters. Like, you beat a a battle, and your characters will interact on stuff that's... Instead of, like, other games that say, okay, let's have 15 different, you know, end of the battle quotes throughout the whole game, that's it. This one says, no, what's been happening recently? Let's make them react to that. Let's make them talk over. And there are little details where you just have the characters...
3: Yeah, like, like when you finally get Rita in your party, like, this is back to the Estelle high-fiving thing. When you finally get Rita into your party, Estelle tries to give Rita a high-five at first, at the beginning part of the game, and Rita won't do it. Like, she doesn't get it. Uh, a little bit later, Rita will actually hold up her hand for Estelle the high five with her near the end of the game. Uh, near the end of the game, like both of them will hold up their hands eagerly to high five each other. And you Rita know. will look
1: all smug and proud about it. So. Yeah,
3: I mean it. It's yeah. just like throughout the entire thing there's there's little things like that.
1: And, and, and this is all taking place after you've beaten a battle. It's mm-hmm. not a scripted event. So it's a little touch that you notice and go, That's awesome. They're yeah, like growing depends in. on
2: what characters you have in your party, what's going on, what happened in the battle, who got the last blow in. You, you also know? get things like the skits. Yes. Skits. Which are act- which
0: are tail uh, standards. Which is tail standards. Which isn't in any other PG.
3: Now they're now also the skits are also voice acted in this time, so you don't have to sit there and squint and like try to read what these little text things are saying. Uh, they're, the, they're they're voice acted for you and they're voice acted beautifully. And uh,
0: what happens is, as you're playing through the game, you'll see in the bottom left hand corner.
3: Yeah, somewhere yeah. like that. You'll see like
0: right I think it's the back button, and you press it, and it'll have a little title, and then suddenly it'll pop up um, character portraits. Well, they'll talk to each other about various things that have happened.
3: Yeah.
0: And it's usually, um, you know, timed for the actual situation at hand.
3: Yeah.
0: Like, for example, when when um, Yuri and Estelle were escaping from the castle, they had a couple of, uh, depending on which room they were in, they'd have a different conversation. Yeah. Like, depending on, hey, they are breaking into, say, a hallway versus the kitchen or, like, a soldier's room or something. Yeah,
2: But some are set up by where you are in the game. Some are set up by what you're doing, like if you've cooked something particularly horrible or a character has been wearing a certain outfit for a length I love of time. Uh,
1: by, by, by the way, can I ask a question? Sure. Uh, Judy's outfit, were, you know, it's one of... Oh, I can't, it's a spoiler. Never mind, I'm going to ask after the podcast. Let's keep going.
3: Well, we'll eventually get to a spoiler section, because I cannot I can. do a Vesperia podcast without
2: okay.
1: talking
3: about some of these spoilers. But I want to get through the other characters first.
2: Yes. We've got others. Hey, let's... Uh,
3: Carol. Talking about archetypes that you think are going to be obnoxious, Carol is a prime example.
1: Oh, He's, Carol. he's about twelve. I thought I would hate Carol when he came He's the my
0: best party. example of Naruto ever. <laughs>
3: <laughs> He's this Black Star. He's this obnoxious little kid that you think, "Oh God, now I have." Oh wait, we forgot to mention Repeat. We'll come back to Repeat.
1: <laughs> uh,
3: you you have you have Yuri the badass loner, Estelle the staff chick, Repeat the dog, and then you get Carol the obnoxious the Shona little boy. kid. And you just expect, like, to hate Carol, but you never do. Like, he never actually becomes obnoxious. He actually goes the other way, probably because he grows up a lot.
1: Yeah, he becomes really endearing because you can see him growing up, and it kind of grows on you, and you go, oh, Carol. Although
0: I've known a lot of people out of the entire cast... If they have a character they don't like, it tends to still be Carol.
3: Yeah, if well, there's somebody they don't like, although most people I've met generally tend to say, oh, yeah. well, I liked everybody.
1: They're awesome. Well, you know, Carol is the little show-to-boy, and some people really don't like that, but...
0: Well, it's more that they, they still found him to be the annoying little kid. hmm Like, they didn't but, find him to be endearing, they still found
1: him to be annoying. But even on that scale, he's the least annoying little kid ever. Well, I yes. Think,
3: I think that that actually has something to do with the maturity of the audience, Probably
1: like, that they you know, don't, they can't see, you know.
3: Because it's been my no, it's been my observation that it seems like the older you are, the more endearing Carol is, which makes a lot of sense. Like if you consider some of the other characters' interactions,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there are people have talked to us around our age, so. think yeah. Carol's endearing. I'm older than all of you, so there you go. There you go. <laughs> like, there you well, go. Well, I'm not dissing Carol. I like Carol. I'm just saying
0: that you know, out of all the characters, you know. If anyone's ever mentioned, it tends to be him.
3: Well, still. But anyhow, I I totally passed over Rapide, and this is a huge mistake, because Rapide is something of pure magnificence. He doesn't
0: exactly... He's just a dog. That's the magnificence.
3: (laughs) Yuri and Rapide will sit there and have these conversations where Yuri is is just talking to Rapide, and Rapide is just acting like a dog. Like, he's...
2: Bark, whine, Bark, wolf, whine, thing.
3: scratching his ear. And other people will come up to him and they'll go, Yuri, can you actually understand what Rapide's saying? And, and you're like, no, he's a dog. <laughs> and then look at them like they're crazy.
1: Yeah. Rapide <laughs>
0: yeah. is the awesomest looking dog ever. Because he's got, like, a... He's got a scar over one eye. Smoking a pipe. Smoking <laughs> a pipe. It looks like he has a jug of alcohol on him.
3: He doesn't fight with, like, his teeth and claws. He fights with a dagger that he carries in his mouth.
0: Because he has pride. <laughs> yeah, it's... I think Kim would it's a grizzled old samurai veteran. who yes. just happens to be a dog at the same time. I love how his sword yeah.
2: hangs, like, off his shoulder at just the right angle where he could twist his head back and pull it out with his teeth. It's awesome.
3: <laughs> it's like... Sometimes you don't, like... I, I thought one of the biggest letdowns of the game was that they never really went into Rapide's past yeah. too deeply. Like they, they give you little hints here and there. They
2: like explain that like both Yuri and Flynn knew Rapide's previous owner, and, and that, that
3: something he, that he had is a memento. The, the pipe. pipe is a memento from he the doesn't old really owner.
2: spike it. He, he doesn't really smoke
1: it. He just keeps it because he likes it. But because <laughs> uh, yeah, otherwise you'd wonder how he'd light it. But.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but you know you just kept expecting like something to happen and like it turned out for repeat to be this great like mystical samurai or something that had been like cursed but no he's just a dog he repeat he's just a dog
0: just a dog who will have you know Rita the smart
1: alecky oh, oh yes. Teenage, and another character, know, that, magic Yeah, Anakin. Speaking of characters that people claim are their least favorite is Rita, but I happen to really love Rita.
3: You know, I actually... Uh, Rita was the character that when I got her, I thought, oh great, I'm going to hate this character too. Mm-hmm. Because I really don't like 15-year-old girls. I feel that 15-year-old girls are bratty. They're obnoxious. I know... Of, our of many people that were 15-year-old girls and were bratty and obnoxious. And most of them grew out of it. You know, by the time they hit 16, 17, 18, yeah,
2: that's fair, they, yeah. they
3: grew out of being terrible. And Rita is terrible. Like, she really is. Like, I can't defend oh, yeah. her on this I, I one. I think
2: I would really dislike her in real life, but only by virtue of that she's, in a lot of ways, a typical 15-year-old girl. But who, there are
1: two factors that negate this. I think. One of which is she's hilarious watching her interactions yes. with the other characters. Oh, yeah. Well, the
3: fact that she acts so much like an actual 15-year-old girl is actually kind of endearing. Yes.
1: And two, like Carol, she gets an assload of character growth and uh, interaction. She does. And again, grows on you, and you care about her.
3: Mm-hmm. You really do. Uh, although she is the most likely to turn to physical violence against her own party members is.
1: 15 year old girls likely are. And if they're bigger than her, she may just hit Carol instead. Or Raven. Or Or set them on fire. Or Yuri. Or set them on fire. I I never saw her hit Yuri. In fact,
3: I I noticed several times in the game Yuri made some sort of comment to Rita, and Rita's reaction to Yuri's comment was to Hit 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 Carol or smack Raven.
2: Or set them on fire. I guess where she's done it at least once.
3: Huh, maybe she has.
1: I don't remember it, but I
2: just tend to know remember her setting people on fire.
3: <laughs> For all of you people who like Yuri, Rita is your character.
1: Yuri now, as in the uh, girl, Yuri as in hot girl,
2: girl on oh, yeah, girl action. not right. Yuri the character. Now,
3: Rita is not Rita is not a lesbian in the game, but it's very obvious that, that Rita has a girl crush on Estelle over the course of the game. Like at first she can't stand Estelle. She doesn't even want to talk to Estelle. But as the game goes on, like she starts to really like Estelle, and it's really more like you know how I said in the beginning that Yuri and Flynn were like brothers. Mm-hmm. You really see a sort of sisterly bond develop between Rita and Estelle, and it's really, really, really cute.
1: Yes, and if you put on your slash goggles, subtext. I mean, look, look for subtext. It's not inc- increasingly hard to. To see affection there, yeah. either the
2: subtext is there. You just have to embrace it. Well, the subtext is
3: there it. for Yuri and Flynn too.
2: Yeah, th- it is. <laughs> it is.
3: Just look at the, look at the internet. You're, but
0: there's also subtext between like Rita and Raven.
2: Oh Rita yeah, and Carol. Yeah, Judith and everyone. Yeah, <laughs> you
3: know? yeah there's subtext. A and
2: repeat. I mean, you just, you, if you go by subtext, you know, man, there's you're a love just, hate relationship. You're just gonna. Yeah. Dig yourself into holes you I don't think want you've to hit dig. The ultimate Vesperia crack pairing there, based on <laughs> Moving on. The
3: ultimate Vesperia crack pairing, uh, I think Judy and Baul is up there. Oh!
0: <laughs> Judy is the human personification of the uh,
2: term koi.
3: Yes. Judy is. She's basically an elf. They're called the Critia in this, this world, but they're basically elves. They just like, have I mean, little
2: extra antennas
1: that come off the back of their head. I thought that was part of their hair.
3: No, it's antenna They oh. actually refer to them as antenna
1: Oh, the, oh, never mind, you're right Um, um, what was I going to say? They do look a lot yeah. like hair They yeah. they, 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 they mm-hmm. function as elves But they avoid a lot of well, No, they don't, they have a lot of the elf stereotypes no. All the rest of them
2: kind of follow the elf stereotypes
0: but Judy's weird not. Judy's <laughs> not. But she does function as the fan service stereotype She
3: does She wears a bikini They're constantly talking about the fact that she's wearing
1: a bikini And, you know, and even Estelle's like, oh, to be like Judith. Yes. Because she's there busty.
2: Bouncing. Yeah, that's actually. I wish I could bounce.
3: That actually (laughs) is an end game skit of Estelle noticing how bouncy Judy's boobs are, and Judy wanting to know what Estelle is talking about.
1: You know, I which think, is interesting to when you first I, meet the character. She's I, wearing
2: fully enclosing armor, and you can't even tell that it is a girl. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's getting into spoiler territory. Yeah, I was
1: going to ask something about that, but then I but, didn't because it's spoilers. But you know, we
0: finally because we need to wrap up our characters. We're going way too long on this. This is kind it's, of sad that we're finally we're getting Raven. to Raven. Raven. <laughs> oh, Raven,
3: Raven, Raven! Oh, you guys are you guys are gonna have to talk about him because okay. I'm just gonna me, I'm just me, gonna spaz out if I try to. Talk let, about
1: let me him. let me go for it. Raven is a shady old man that reoccur you recurringly meet throughout the game, who eventually joins your party. Who none of the other party members well, trust. We
0: might join the party. We don't want to spoil things. Like it, it's a very important thing that you don't know if he's going to join your party until like you know, halfway through the game.
2: He's a, definitely a shady old man who it's not entirely clear why he's there. He's, why he's, a, just a, shady,
0: he's a shady man
2: of the a, a cantankerous
1: old age of 35.
2: Oh, oh yeah. yes. Which is ancient for a
1: JRPG. <laughs> and, you know, if I, if I hadn't been told otherwise, I would have thought he was at least like 40 or 45.
3: Yeah, they, they act like he's much older than he is.
1: But he is a humorous old devil who's like a trickster... And
3: He does. Most of the best lines, most of the most comedic lines Raven has.
1: Raven is hilarious. That, sure. that I'll
0: disagree with, because I believe that both Yuri and Rita have delivered some zingers.
3: Well, no, they deliver zingers. The person who makes the most jokes is Raven. The person you're most likely to be laughing at is it's Raven. Rita.
2: I I
1: feel kind of bad
0: for Raven because... I laughed way more at Rita than I did at Raven. Oh,
3: I laughed so hard at Raven. Well, it it seemed like most of Yuri and Rita's zingers that they delivered were directed at Raven. Like, he was... Like, Carol was the group punching bag until (laughs)
1: Raven (laughs) Raven joined,
3: and then Raven became the group punching bag. You know how every group of friends has to have a bitch? Raven's their bitch.
0: Although, you know, Yuri and... By may be true of free, but you tend to be sarcastic towards everything.
1: Well,
3: yeah, that's true.
1: Well, we'll leave, we'll leave that for the people that are playing to f- find out. But Raven is just
2: the best dirty old man ever.
1: Yes, and and he's he, is he not like the best character in the game? Can <clears throat> I can I say that? Do we have a consensus that he's our favorite? Now we're being completely biased here. Now it
0: took me through most of the game for him to become my favorite. True. Yeah, he, but he gave him time, he's but he not did used, become him. my favorite character. He yes. wasn't
3: my favorite at first either. Like at first I really, really liked Carol. Like Carol was actually yeah. earning his way to be my favorite Rito character. Rita
2: was my favorite for
1: Yuri most of the stretch of the game. And then
3: something happens Raven and Raven is suddenly yes, everybody's favorite, my favorite character.
1: character. <laughs> it's just he's awesome. He's got he's got great lines. He's funny, he's dirty, he's he's just oh he's raven.
3: Oh man, there was so nothing
2: m- like a writing desk.
3: There were so many times that when I was playing that game with Barry and Eric that, you know, Ra- something would happen. There would be some skit and Raven would make some comment to, to Rita like like the moment where he's talking about how oh, he's just so old. He just needs to Go lay down And Rita's like Well why don't you Go to bed then And you know He makes some sort of Wise ass comment to her About oh but darling I always sleep so much Better with a little Company And she just like Clobbers him (laughs) And you know We're just sitting there Watching it Going oh man That's so (laughs) Rave
0: Yeah that's a joke I heard
1: a lot (laughs) I had thought of that joke, but I've never this is the first time I've actually heard it actually.
3: (laughs) Yes, we we would say it as terrible as it was.
0: Now, one of the best things I actually have to admit about Vesperia that I was surprised about was how adept and good the English voice cast turned out to be. Yes. Yeah. That was very
2: surprising.
3: The like you know, I think we interviewed Troy Baker, who did the voice of Yuri Lowell, Mm. and he did a fantastic job. Oh yes you know, everyone really did a great job. Like, there's not a bad voice on this thing.
2: I'm not going to say that it wasn't 100% free of cringy voice acting moments, but I'm also sure. very nitpicky.
1: Well, And the main stuff. cast too.
2: Was and the main cast, though, was very very good. By the standard of English dubs in video games, yeah. that was like ridiculously like, all high. The,
3: all the voice act voice acting cringing happened to characters that were like side characters. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like it, it happened to like the common rabble. It didn't happen to like your main named characters. Yeah, for real. Well, except for Alexei. Alexei kind of got hokey every now and
0: then. <laughs> but uh, Alexei's job was to be kind of hokey now and then. Like, yeah. And I've I, I heard much worse villains. I thought Alexei did a fine villain voice.
1: Well, well speaking true. of spoilers, Basil,
3: can we do the spoilers yet?
1: Well, we can. But if, if Basil's going to get on our back, getting on my back for Raven joining your party, then I think. B- Blowing the top that Alexei's a villain is a pretty huge one to drop.
3: on. Yeah, especially since he doesn't necessarily look like a villain until about halfway through. But once you're eh. halfway through, like it's so obvious.
2: They're that he's not playing it. There. They don't even remember who Alexei is by the time they get there. <laughs> They'll remember the silver hair. Well, they the, okay. This
3: is something else that Vesperia does, guys. You know how most RPGs throw one silver-haired pretty boy at you, and, and that's how you know who the bad guy is. Vesperia throws two
1: silver-haired
3: pretty boys at
1: you. Are we talking about Duke?
3: Yes, we're talking about Duke.
1: I love Duke, and I love his English voice actor because he always plays these really deep badass roles.
3: Yes, like uh, Duke is another random silver-haired pretty boy who just kind of shows up periodically, and sometimes he helps you, sometimes he doesn't. You don't know. It's it's Duke.
1: He's cryptic. (laughs) He's cryptic, has a cool sword, and says things that sound very, very Cool. Yes. Yes. I'm
2: Duke. I'm fucking awesome. That's what what
0: he's like. But, you know, (laughs) before we go into spoilers, and we will, you know, Vesperia is a really, really fun game. Yeah, we all really, really enjoyed it. You know, it it does have a couple of missed opportunities, but in order to explain those, you had to go into spoilers.
3: And so we will do this now.
0: But you still can find it in most game shops. You can find it online pretty easily. It's not hard to find yet. But it's still usually running about $60. It is only on 360.
3: Oh, I want to put the offer out there. If you don't have a 360 and you can't play Vesperia, come over to my house. I'll let you in. I'll make tea and cake while you play Vesperia, and I'll just watch you and enjoy it.
2: We're posting that address at the end of the podcast. Anyways. (laughs) No, we
0: won't. The arcade version of the 360 is only $200. Spend some money. And now, for a musical interlude before we go into spoilers. I leave. we're back here in Spoiler Land. So if you don't want actual Ostagod spoilers of major events, stop the podcast and go buy the game. You've like, been warned.
1: For example, Rita's totally gay but only when she's aged up to 18. Yes, and
0: Rave and, and uh, Carol's actually a boy,
2: not a girl. Oh, <laughs>
1: damn it! <laughs> <laughs> there oh, there God. Was trickery of
2: But you can put Carol in a dress.
3: <laughs> okay. Okay, here is this is seriously like I have to talk about this this moment because this was the best moment in a video game that I have seen in a long time like this scene like after this scene was over I had to stop the game turn it off and go cry and then come back to it which totally nullified my crying by the way <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah.
3: Uh, but anyhow like oh man I was so freaked out about this but let me start with Captain Schwann.
1: Captain Schwan
3: Captain Schwan isn't like we were all sitting here joking, laughing, saying, oh Raven's the best character in the game. Lies. Captain Schwan is the best character in the game. And you know what the best thing about Captain Schwann is? He's Raven. The best thing about <laughs> Captain Schwan is that you don't know who Captain Schwann is for like <laughs> a bajillion years in the game. Like you hear you hear passingly, you know when when Re- when Yuri first gets carted off to jail, you hear that he got carted off to jail by the Schwann Brigade, who is under Captain Schwann. You hear Yuri complain that Captain Schwann basically does nothing; that his men always do the work.
1: You but he's hear, very well loved.
3: Yeah, but he's very well loved by his men. You also hear uh, Captain Kumor say that you know, oh, that Schwan is such a is such an upstart. I hate him. Uh, and you know, and. Later like I played this game of Spot the Schwan. <laughs> yeah. Which is like after a after you go through this one dungeon like the Schwan Brigade, you know, who's been chasing you ever since you left Zaphis shows up and they finally capture you and they turn to salute their captain and you see Schwan's arm for like a second as he li- as he lifts it up to give like the command to take you in. Like that's it. It's literally like a second. If you blink, you'll miss it. But it's there, and it's great. And then, like, they're in Heliord later on, and, uh, you know, s- things are going on with the Blastia and Heliord, and they've got to solve them, and they do. They manage to solve them. And as, you know, your characters are like, okay, we saved the day, time to go back to the inn. You know, it pans up, and you see Captain Schwann standing in a window, and he just turns and walks away.
0: Well, well like, sort of a we silhouette of... Back, mostly. Yeah. A back,
3: Yeah. Well, y- yeah, you see his side. I know, I I saw it like three times, because I'm obsessive like that. But anyway, (laughs) uh, and then later in Heliord, as as, you know, the princess is like, No, I want to continue my journey! Uh, And, uh, you know, Commandant Alexei is like, well, uh, okay, you, Mr. Yuri Lowell, you used to be a knight, will you continue to watch out after the princess as she carries on around the world?
1: Which seems irresponsible until... Which seems
3: irresponsible at first, until you realize that as soon as Yuri left, uh, you know, Alexei turns to his back and goes, I have a job for you, and Captain Schwann walks out from behind the thing. It's, again, only for, like, a second. You only see them for just, like, this tiniest Uh, little...
1: I noticed that one pretty clearly myself, but... Yeah. But you never see all of them. You only see bits and pieces of them. Until...
3: You you never see all of them. Now, while all this is going on, while all of this is going on, you have some other things that are going on in the game. That, if you don't... That, since you're playing the game like, straightforward the first time, you, you won't notice that all these things are going on. But the first thing is... The very beginning of the game, Raven is sitting in a jail cell next to Yuri. Raven, uh, Commandant Alexei comes to get Raven out of the jail after uh, Raven and Yuri have been talking. And Raven's the one who gives Yuri the key to get out of jail. You know, y- you go on forward, and it's Raven that sent them to the shrine that eventually got them caught.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, things like you go to the forest where Raven eventually joins your party. And, uh, and, you know, as you're going to the forest, Raven's standing on top of some roof, going, Oh, well, this is convenient. And goes on after you. Uh, for, after that, things sort of kind of drop off as Raven's actually in your party, but you get to one point where they're having to get through a bunch of knights, and they actually come across the Schwan Brigade. And it's this really great scene that's just so easy to miss if you don't already know what's coming. And, uh, you know, they're they're freaking out. Raven's freaking out in particular that they're stuck there. And so finally Rage is like, well, fine, we'll see if this works. And he calls the Schwann Brigade to attention, and the Schwan Brigade comes to attention.
1: <laughs> Wondering where <laughs> the voice of their commander is. And,
3: every, and, and, the, and Yuri and friends all run out. They run away, and there's some laughing that they can't believe that the Schwan Brigade's that dumb that they fell for that. But... And then later on as you're playing the game... You know, something happens and Estelle is like, oh, I can't go on, I'm terrible, or something or other, <laughs> and, and suddenly Estelle gets kidnapped. It's the only time in the game she gets kidnapped, but, cause, but she's, you know, the Colette, so she gets kidnapped at least once, it's a requirement. And it's very heavily applied that it's Raven that kidnaps her, as both of them, who are your two best healers, by the way, leave the party.
2: Carol can heal a little.
1: Yeah, never mind. nice aid smash.
3: Yeah, <laughs> nice aid smash. Nice aid smash is no love shot.
2: <laughs> and Yuri gets one if you get the right altered art, but that's no by no means automatic oh that you'll receive it.
3: <laughs> but anyhow, and so Estelle's been captured, Raven's missing. You go to the holy shrine of Bactia, and you have this little thing where where Alexei reveals that he's basically the big bad guy and that he's been wanting this whole time to use Estelle's power to further his evil goals.
2: I'm an evil and bastard. He,
3: and, then he's, and then he's basically like, but I don't have time to deal with you now. Schwan shall take care of you. And they send Schwan in to fight you. And it's Raven. <laughs> Schwan has been with you the whole fucking time.
1: It's Raven with a with a very nice haircut. Yes. Now that's a Raven.
3: Yes, that. Oh that's man. That's
0: you
1: mean.
3: Like, that's the moment where people just
1: My jaw dropped, man.
3: Yeah, like...
1: And and the whole thing, you told me that one of the best lines was the whole, the attention, that became like a hundred times greater, because... Yeah,
3: like, oh man, that is, it's... You just, playing the game, you just don't see it coming, and then you do at the same time.
1: You know, something's up, and you're kind of connecting the dots, and you see that, and you go, oh shit. Yeah,
3: like... I figured by that point that Raven might have been working for Alexei, but I didn't... Think
1: didn't he was. Think he was Swan. <laughs> I
3: didn't think he was Schwann. I didn't think he was Oh. And that's oh, how Captain Schwan
1: saved Christmas.
3: And then Captain Schwan in the end decides that he actually really liked Yuri and really wanted to help, and he didn't know that Alexei was going to do that. become do. buttfuck evil. And he so, seemed like such
2: a nice evil overlord for so long, uh,
3: and and so in the end, he actually sacrifices himself so that you can escape. So that Yuri and Gang can get out of there and they can go rescue Estelle.
0: And shows up the very next scene right That's after. That's right. It, which well, I'm glad to, I kept after playing. His, after his tragic dungeon though,
3: after but... his tragic death, I had to turn the game off and cry. And then I As came I... back. I came back, and the very next scene, he's like, "Oh, hey guys!"
2: Hey guys, what's going <laughs> on? Where are we going? <laughs> and
3: then, and then they proceed to kick him. They proceed to kick his ass. Y'all
0: didn't have the worst part. Mine was cause I was playing over at Douglas's house. Yeah. And um, I had bought some costumes because you can buy certain things like levels and gold and costumes online using actual Microsoft points, which is a point of some contention whether you should do it or not. I said screw it I want some different costumes which I'll I'll explain why later and so I moved everything over to the um to my memory card to take it over to
3: Mm
0: -hmm. um little did I know while I was doing something else Douglas had went and bought some gold some gold sorry for
3: the hot springs for the
0: hot springs
3: oh the hot springs are so great Manly musk
0: (laughs) And as it turns out, when I went home, I didn't realize that Douglas had did this, and I couldn't play my game because it thought it had bought the gold on my account, but I had never bought that gold, but it thought it did, so it wouldn't play on my 360, and I couldn't continue on the game. And it was like the most frustrating thing ever, because this is like, you know, 40 hours into the game at least, like it's... It's you know, you're, oh, you're, you're you're approaching you know the the, the two thirds point here, or even further, really. I think possibly three fourths.
2: Yeah, the second third goes on forever. <laughs> but like, um,
0: and I couldn't play for another week until I got went back to Douglas's house and continue, when I found out that's what actually what happened.
3: Yeah, I'm sorry. Um,
0: and so like you know it was it was one of the things was like I wasn't sure what's going on with Raven or Swan or anything. Until a whole week later on. Yeah. So Maybe it was next it was, week. It was. That sucked.
3: Well. Oh man, oh Raven, I love him so much. One thing I am sad about through the entire day, through that entire game, whenever Estelle goes to hug, whenever Estelle goes to high five Raven, Raven starts the high five. He's all for the high five. And Estelle comes up to give him a high-five back. He goes, great, now how about a hug? And holds out his arms really wide. And the entire game, Estelle won't hug him.
2: That oh, bitch.
3: <laughs> I know. Like, Course. I would have hugged him.
2: He's totally gonna grab her ass.
3: Well, but. yeah. <laughs> I believe Draven. I mean, come on. The guy. The guy peeped at the hot springs.
2: <laughs> well, Carol wanted to. Everyone wanted to, except for Yuri. (laughs) Because he didn't need to. Anyways. (laughs) He was too awesome.
0: (laughs) Well, he probably just could have asked. Anyway. You just had to walk
2: over to the women's side, because the game taught me, apparently no one doesn't care when Yuri walks over to the women's (laughs) side. (laughs) You know,
0: unfortunately this game was, in a lot of senses, what I really couldn't mention before, was I felt was a game of missed opportunities. Especially in the third act, as it were.
3: Yeah, the third. third act, they felt like they kind of dropped the ball. Like, the first act is good. The first act is really good, but it's kind of standard good good mm. JRPG. The second act is really brilliant. That's where all this, like, stuff with the Schwann happens. That's where all the stuff with Yuri and Estelle happens. You know, that's where all the stuff with Judy and her revelations happens. The second act is really... Phenomenal, and the end of the second act set itself up to be the end of the game, but for some reason they just went on anyway.
2: It's about every Tales game kind of does, and the end. Oh no, we keep going. Like (laughs) just
0: just to give you an idea, how we'll forget it's acts. We feel that act one
2: is the start of the game to the point where you actually retrieve the Aqua Blastia.
3: Well, that actually officially is the act. I mean,
2: the three mandatory achievements are set up for the three thirds of the game. And then the second one is actually beating Alexei.
3: Yeah.
0: And then the third one is actually beating beating the game the Duke.
3: B- yeah, Duke, who's kind. Of, oh God, beating Duke. When you beat the game and you beat Duke, like the whole reason you're going after you're having to fight Duke is because Alexei, in his stupidness, unleashed this giant space octopus that's trying to eat the planet. And...
2: Alexei broke the universe. Yeah,
3: Alexei broke the universe, and now now, uh, Yuri with Rita and Estelle and Raven and all of them have figured out a way to try to fix the universe. Except Duke has also figured out a way to fix the universe, but Duke's way involves killing everybody. So, only all
2: the humans.
3: <laughs> yeah, only all the humans. Uh, so Yuri and gang have to go stop Duke. And at the end of it, like, they actually make friends with Duke, and, like, Yuri says, Hey, Duke, I'll see you around. And Duke gives Yuri this look like, you bastard.
2: <laughs> and then at the end, Duke gets to play with all the monsters and gets a pet squirrel. <laughs> yes.
3: It's like, it's like, the thing that I kept thinking, it looked like Duke had this internal monologue, as if to say, ah, yes, I nearly sacrificed all of humanity because I forgot friendship. Friendship <laughs> was the answer. Thank you, Yuri. I feel like a douche.
2: <laughs> I just always felt at the end when you see the little dragon flying by and the little flying by Pandai with Luke Duke looking up at him. I just had a feeling it was going, fuckers. <laughs> yeah, know. Fuckers. For the
0: full third I never felt like Duke should have been a villain. No. Never Once. Like, even though they said, so who's trying to kill humanity? I felt that was weird and silly, and it didn't make any sense.
3: Like, it didn't make much sense with this character. You kind of got that Duke, especially, there's a lot of stuff in, oh, there's a lot of stuff in Vesperia that's plot that you're not going to know is plot, unless you, like, stay in every inn randomly after every major plot event, <laughs> because there's just so much stuff like, okay, I just got out of Dongrest. Now I have to immediately walk back into Dongress before I take five steps in the opposite direction. Okay, now I've just uh now I've just slept at the inn in Kapanor, so I better go all the way back to Halur, which is three towns away and across two dungeons, sleep in that inn so that I'll get another scene. And it's kinda <laughs>
2: Basically after anything happens, if you don't have a strategy guide, go back everywhere.
3: Well, no, even the strategy guide doesn't help, because the strategy, the official strategy guide doesn't tell you where half the plot points are. Huh. Like, it it says, maybe you might want to remember to stay at this inn later, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It's not like, yeah, you better come back to this inn five times.
0: (laughs) And also, a lot of these are things that actually should have been incorporated
2: to the main story.
3: yeah. The thing, like, with Duke, like, there's, a, there's, I think, a total of seven scenes that there you can...
2: several. I mean, I ran into a few, and I know I missed a there's
3: bunch. A, there's, like, a total of seven with Duke where you just happen onto him, and he talks, and you get a little bit more understanding about his character, and, uh... Again, it kind of harkens back to the the friendship thing and the needing of other, other people. Again, like, you know, Flynn could bear things that Yuri couldn't, and Yuri could bear things that Flynn couldn't. You kind of got the impression that Duke just tried to bear the weight of the entire world on his shoulders, and he just kind of crumpled under it. Like, he just decided that he couldn't carry all of it, and so this is what he had to sacrifice.
0: Now, the one I really hated was was Jaeger. Jaeger was so totally like in the end underused.
3: Yeah, like As
0: especially like the his him and Raven.
3: Yeah, him and Raven have this huge backstory that you can vaguely see.
0: If you go to the right side quest, yeah. But but if you don't, you like there's a point where like we're talking about Jaeger and, and Raven's like but I'll be the one to end the last blow.
3: Like you, have, if you don't do all the side quests, you don't know why Raven says that. And then when you come time to fight Jaeger, you don't even have to have Raven in your party.
0: Like, yeah, and, you know, and and once they beat him, Raven doesn't do anything. They just go, oh, well, he's dead, let's keep going.
3: He does do a little bit, like, with Gosh and Droit afterwards. Like, if you go back to where Jaeger died later uh, and fight Gosh and Droit, you know, who are the two that could potentially be Raven's kids, or potentially Jaeger's kids, you don't know!
0: But that's not the main story. No, no, you it's not to, the main you story. You have to at all. go back and do it. I oh,
2: Jaegers' twin lolly assassins.
3: <laughs> yeah, who are either Jaegers' kids or Raven's kids? We don't know. We don't actually know if there's if they're even Casey's kids.
2: We don't know that they're anybody's kids. In fact, but... when you, play, you play the game, you'd probably know who Casey even is.
3: Yeah, that's true.
2: You could play through the whole game and have no clue who that is. And
0: then what the hell was up with the. Freaking four elemental spirits.
3: Oh god, that was a total ball drop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like apparently the, the best way to fix the, the the problem with the out of fog thing anything, now Jungs's point, is the, the giant space octopus. So Space <laughs> Octopus is apparently get rid of Blastia and have everything controlled by the four elemental spirits.
3: Which kinda makes sense.
0: Which means they take this really interesting system they have for magic it's a little bit different, a twist on everything, and then shove it away
2: for a really crappy generic system. Well, it was kind of destroying the environment. Yeah, yeah.
3: like, the whole the whole premise behind the game was that the air system was, was bad. It didn't really work. They needed to get a system that worked, and they used Estelle's power to make a system that worked. Uh, and so, that I could kind of see, but it was, again, like, it was just a case of, like, they dropped the ball, like, They could have done so much more with it. They could have gone so much more into depth with it. There's a little mini game that you had to play during one incident that they really should have had you either do it all the time or not have done it at all.
2: Oh, yeah. So, we're in spoilers. Estelle, totally a princess. Just go.
3: That's not really a spoiler. It's so obvious that she's a princess from the very moment you meet her. Yeah. Like the reveal comes when they're like, oh, Estelle's a princess, and the only one surprised is Carol.
2: Yuri's like, yeah. Yeah, I figured.
3: (laughs) Even Rita was like, yeah, I figured.
2: But I don't know,
0: just like, you know, uh, I can see them wanting to create a new system, but then they go, and I'll call you, was it, a freak? You know, for the fire, I'm like, could you not have thought of something original? Something that sounds cool, that's
2: not a Final Fantasy summon? Well, Fre's not originally a final fantasy summon
3: Fre's well, been in been in tales games for years and years and years in fact if you watch what she did she named them after the tales summon summon spirits so, you know it's based tales of vesperia may as well be how did all the summons come into being
0: you know well in that case they should have been offered them as summons
3: yeah they, cool. they should have done they should have done more with
2: it. We've been a little late in the game to add in on new game mechanic, but still It was
3: late in it was pretty late in Symphonia when they added in the summons.
2: Okay. Well I never played Symphonia. Well they showed. could have
0: done was just, you know, retooled you know Rita's magic. Yeah. In the final battle to be yeah. to be summons since they were gotten rid of all the Blastia. Or, or most of it. Title Wave, wave is your it. best
2: spell ever.
3: <laughs> Actually Meteor Storm is your best spell ever. But again, in order to get Meteor Storm you have to, I think, I think it's after, uh, you fight Flynn in the Coliseum in Nordopolica, you have to go back to Ospio, stay, walk through the library of <laughs> Ospio, and then once you've walked through the library of Ospio, you have to then, you you get a book, and you have to take the book to Kappa Nor, and then you have a scene between Rita and Judy, and then you... And then you have to later in the game. Uh, I think after Myorzo, you have to stay at the inn in the other port town, <laughs> and is... then have another scene between Rita and Judy. And then at the very <laughs> end of the game, you have to stay in the inn three times to get a scene between Rita and Judy, where you find out that Judy is actually the daughter of Hermes, and uh, Rita then learns Meteor Storm.
2: And this would be a perfect example of the <laughs> trope you. Should have bought the strategy guide, but a lot of this stuff isn't in the strategy like, guide. Like <laughs> that was not
3: in the strategy guide.
2: <laughs> so Game Facts is your friend. Game yes. Facts is your friend. <laughs> but you know, despite
0: all these complaints and how many drop chances, and there's probably more that I could think of, and I just haven't. It's still a really, really good game. It is a great game in spite of it. It just for me, it it, it takes a you know a, a definite A game into like you know
3: an A minus almost.
0: Yeah, for me, it's like an A-, minus, but it could have been like an A++++. plus 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 plus.
3: Yeah, like, really, the best... Like, I, I can't get over how well these characters were done. You know? Like, you can sit... You can sit for hours and hours and hours on each character. Like, you, the things that we've said in this podcast already are basically just a brief gleaning of what these characters are really like.
2: Barely touched... Barely scratched the surface.
0: I think in the end I still think I like Lost Odyssey a little bit more but mostly because I think it was a more streamlined story and there wasn't quite so many it did have its own share of drop chances just not as many
3: well uh Vesperia has a good story it has a I would say that if with a few like revisions that maybe they'll do when they make it into an anime eventually
2: (laughs) Uh, it probably will be
3: you know when they make it into an anime eventually uh I think it could become a great story.
0: Okay. Just, just Namco Bandai, if you ever listen to this, make Alexa your actual final villain. Really?
3: I mean, like, you really set him up to be the villain. Have him really... be,
2: like, consumed by the autophagos or something. Have, like, them, you can even have them fight Duke. Then Alexa needs to drop down out of the autophagos with, like, a space octopus on his head, going, I will kill you all! No, 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 no. That's it's too I much, actually, like... Uh,
3: I actually would have really liked if we could actually have fought the Autophagos, because as it was, you fought Duke, and then you magically fought, and then you magically, like, plot scene to the Autophagos, and I thought it would have been more satisfying to actually, like, fight yeah, that Yeah, so shit. the
2: anime, have them fight the Autophagos. I mean, you can do that in anime. It could be the big, same kind of scene, but make it look like they actually are fighting it. <laughs> Evil Space Octopus. What the hell, guys? But, yeah, we'll let, the, there's been crazier bad guys in the universe. Uh,
3: Well, I do want to... I probably should have mentioned this in the part before the spoilers. But uh, one thing that... You know, people have said, you know, well, why Vesperia? You know, why that word? And the reason... And this is my crackpot theory reason... What's the door? Is uh, Vesperia is obviously based off the Latin word Vesper Vestis. Which means the night sky. And one of the major things in the game... Like, for one... The night sky in the game looks really, really pretty. Like, they spent a lot yes. of work on making those stars look gorgeous. The main... The brightest star in the sky in this game is called Vesperia, and there's a little legend that goes along with it that Estelle will prattle off one, one point or another. And uh, the... The characters name their guild Brave Vesperia, but the real reason that I think that they had Vesperia, you know, the night sky, be such a reoccurring theme was because of the autophagos. Like, when the autophagos finally shows shows up, it just covers the night sky. And even during the day, it still looks like night where the autophagos is. And I think that that's really the reason why they tied it all in like that.
0: Yeah. Which works. And as the autophagos closes in upon the sky, I feel it's now time... To close in onto this podcast with a giant octopus head. So work for Lovecraft.
3: How many awesomes, Basil?
2: I'm gonna give an A minus out of awesomes. How many uh, awesomes, Kevin? Most dirty old awesome man out of awesome.
3: <laughs> I give it a whole fucking shit ton of awesomes. Because I love this game, and just thinking about it makes me orgasm.
2: Metric or English shit tons.
3: Metric shit tons.
2: Okay. Metric. It's like two hundred shit pounds more. I know. Yeah.
3: Like oh god, like oh god, this game. It's so good. I just want to play this game over and over and over again. Oh yeah.
0: You don't know how much (laughs) a pain it is to get Douglas to play other games. (laughs) Like Like, I sit there,
3: (laughs) I sit there and go, "Why am I playing this game?" I could be playing Vesperia right now. And my offer is legit. If you can find where I live, you can come over to my house and you can play Vesperia on my 360 and I'll make you tea and cake. I just have to be able to watch you play.
0: Okay, well, yes, that's that's the deal. But we're never giving you the address. Good night, world. Good night.